head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 218 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the N'Golo Kante of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. as we talk. Definitely taking that. <laughs> about a controversial weekend. Can you guess what we were just talking about before the podcast started? Graham has just went on like a five-minute rant about Paul Pogba and being yeah, fucking shit. If he has decent days. players around him, he'd be pretty good. He'd be winning World Cups and stuff. But when he has McTominay and the boys beside him, you poor McTominay alone. He's a fantastic young player. Man. Is, this Sean Longstaff thing is the weirdest thing of all time, though. Like, how, how much better is Sean Longstaff than McTominay? And Newcastle won 50 million for him. 50 million! Oh, don't get me well, started. Well, like, Mike Ashley's known to be a bit crazy, but, like, yeah. the, the way the market is at the moment, like, these teams don't really need to sell their players they don't want to, unless yeah. it's crazy money. And oh, but Mike Ashley... Know, when people are talking about, like, you know, uh, Harry Maguire going for, like, 70 million, so it's like, are you out of your mind? Like, yeah, I, I don't mind that too much, because at least he's a proven, established England, Premier sorry, League Maguire. defender. But Sean Longstaff's played, like, four games for Newcastle, and they want 50 million for him. Fuck off. But anyway, we'll... Oh, we could spend eight hours doing that anyway. Let, let's talk about uh, some some MMA. To me, this weekend, if you were to sum it up, I, I'd say it's a controversial weekend in terms of officiating, judging, refereeing, all that. It, that's kind of the big stories, I think, to come out of this, obviously with the the whole Uriah Faber thing as well. But I want to talk about the, the main event in the Jermaine Durandamy versus uh, Aspen Ladd fight. I gave it a 3.1 on my scoring system. I actually had like a new uh, scoring system. Not a new scoring system, but I sent it on to you there, Graham, where uh, I kind of a breakdown of what each thing means, and I said it on last week's podcast and stuff. But I think a 3.1 is for this, because this, there was some skill, but there was, it was a bad fight because of the controversy. What, like, this finish, what did you think of the finish before I kind of get into my, my uh, rants and thought about it? What did you think of it? <laughs> like, I don't know what the ref was thinking because obviously you don't know what people are thinking, but I do think that maybe not in this case, this could have been an anomaly, but I think referees are prone to stopping women's fights too quickly. Like, if like a, if a title, like a title fight or a main event or a big fight like that is happening with two, with two men in the exact same situation, I really don't think that's going to be stopped 99 times out of 100. And maybe it's just a subconscious thing. It probably is. I don't think he's like, oh, it's a girl, I better... Stop this is probably a subconscious thing, or maybe it just happens to like we see bad stoppages, we see bad refereeing in normal fights. But I think is if there's a pattern of women not being given much of a chance to recover when they do get rocked. Yeah, Big John said that. Funnily enough, on the on the broadcast on the Bellator broadcast oh, on Friday night, yeah, he said it about cuts. He said, "Oh, you know, some some jurisdiction, some referees and stuff, and some uh, so, uh, ringside physicians have like a proclivity to, to stop fights earlier because it's women in that situation." And I I believe that because we've seen it. You know, we've talked about it before in this podcast that it would have been left go because of that. I don't think necessarily that's the case here. And if it is, it's bad refereeing. Or if the case that a lot of people are saying Aspen weight cut was really bad we'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a second yeah maybe he's thinking all, all this stuff about water on the brain yeah. and all, he's thinking like I don't want to be I'm just going to play this safe I don't want to be a part of this huge controversy if 
people are like if, if something ends up happening to her they're showing the video over like shaking like a leaf on the scale and never should have been led fighting then taking too many shots and just like what is what's going on here what is this MMA yeah. thing like what's wrong with these people so maybe that's coming into his mind well I don't want to be a part of some kind of disaster here but that can't come into your mind like that. yeah but like like if that comes into your mind like it'd be nearly understandable oh but I think that's bad refereeing again that's the commission no job. I agree that it's, it's not within the rules or whatever mm-hmm. but you could see why that would be like a logical thing in your subconscious, you know. Yeah, yeah, it would, even. but it's still bad refereeing. Like you, you know, your refereeing yeah. has to be like Jason Herzog in one of the fights earlier on in the night. I we'll get to it later on. I mentioned it. It was just the best refereeing job I've seen in a long time. He there was a knockdown. There was someone hurt, getting hit a few times. He left to go. The person tried to keep going. I I think it was the was it the Bechtage fight? I think it was the Bechtage fight, wasn't it? He kept kept letting it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. This is the point where he's not intelligently defending himself, taking too many big shots. Stop the fight there! Aspen I always think of it this like what? Yeah. What would what would Carl Pender's record look like if the refs would, would yeah. stop his fights every time he got caught with a punch and dropped? Like you know, it, it would be a whole different story. Like you know, you gotta let guys go, especially okay if they're not moving. Fair enough. Like it, it's definitely stop it. But if the guys are moving trying to advance their position, if you're saying I need you to move and they move, let it go. Mm-hmm. Like this was the most obvious one I've seen in a long time. I don't think there was even that much debate about it. Uh, about it, to be honest, uh, online and stuff. Right after it, like uh, Jermaine Randomy hit a lovely shot on Aspen Lad, dropped her down. Aspen Lad landed on her hands and knees as Jermaine Randomy came to throw the second shot. Aspen Lad looked around. It was a kind of at that point Herb Dean <laughs> came in to stop it as the shot was landing. But as that shot landed, Aspen Lad, you you know, Herb Dean kind of deflected the shot. You don't you don't know if it was gonna land on the head or the or or where it was gonna land, but it kind of landed on her shoulder slash, you know, top of her chest or whatever. And as that kind of happened, she moved immediately to her back. Like to look around, see a shot, and then move to your back in the space of one second after getting knocked down. If that's not an intelligent defense, what is like? I would love to know what it is. Like, it was obvious that her just panicked and stopped the fight. That's all that happened here. You need to give that second. You need to give the fighter that opportunity. If she takes that one shot there from Jermaine Durandamy, okay, it's bad, it's one extra shot, but nobody's going to eat her over one extra shot to see how she goes. Like, uh, to me, lots of people are saying, oh, and it's the fucking worst excuse, and it annoys me more than anything in MMA. Oh, it was only a matter of time. She was, it was only saving her for more damage. How do you know? How do you know that's the case? She went immediately yeah, to her back. you stopped like Mike King, Carl Pendred, just, I was talking about him earlier, you stopped Mike King, Carl Pendred, uh, earlier on in the thing, and Brock you could Lesnar, say, oh, Shane well, Carwin. Yeah, loads of these fights where you could have stopped them justifiably, but people would have justified it, and we probably would have justified it. Say, yeah, fair enough. And this isn't even that case where it was that bad, you know. It was like it wasn't a case where it was like Whiteman and, and Rockhold, where you're like, this this is going to hurt the guy's career. This was like it's just a little bit early. Like probably, yeah, probably more than likely, it's probably going to go one way, but we don't know that, and we'll never know that now. I'd say it so wasn't saying, to be people, people like you know, even in even in these situations where it is probable that. No, it was probable that Mike King was going to finish Carl Pender. It was pro- mm-hmm. like, you know, but he didn't. So we don't know. It's probable doesn't mean 
Definitely, like yeah, and maybe she would we, have. We fought, shit, wild things happen in fights all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe she would have. I can't tell the future. You know, you can't tell the future. <laughs> you have to let it play out. You have to let it see how it goes. Like I'm sure, uh, if you had hindsight, you'd stop Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo after ten seconds rather than after thirteen seconds or whatever. You know, you wouldn't. You would let Jose Aldo took that extra shot. You know, it's fucking stupid. It makes no sense. Like you stop the fight when it needs to be stopped, not when someone is on their knees looking around and then turning to their back. In the split, the split second, she was hurt. No one's denying she's hurt. It, she could have been finished. No one's denying she could have been finished. But she, you can't also deny the fact that she could have recovered when she had got to her back. She obviously has, uh, you know, a, a grappling advantage against Jermaine Randomly. She's a very, very good uh, wrestler and all that. She could have easily have caught onto a leg there. She could easily have tied Jermaine Randomly up, pulled her down into her. Or Jermaine Randomly said, "Fuck this! I'm not going to the ground. Stand her back up, and then knocked her out again or something." Or you know, Aspen Lad could have got to take. We don't know what's going to happen. All of those things are very likely. Like to me this didn't look like one where Jermaine Durandamy lands three or four shots and it's over on the ground it didn't look to me like that it looked to me like there was an extra maybe 30 seconds left in this fight uh, you know at at least you know where it was either stood up and she finished her off or she landed a few ground and bone shots or something like that or the fight just went on but however I, th- I think it was universally acknowledged as a bad stoppage well what about Herb Dean though like People, and someone sent in a good question there, like, you know, Joe Rogan says it all the time, Herb Dean is the best in the business, we hear best in the business about Herb Dean all the time, but we've said on this podcast over and over and over again how Herb Dean has just gone from, I don't think Herb Dean was ever the best referee, I think he was always a good referee for years and years and years, but over the last few years, Herb Dean's standards have just slipped horribly, haven't they? Yeah, we seem, like, he seems to get mentioned a lot, which is never good Mm -hmm. as a referee. Um, for example, like you mentioned Herzog earlier, and I think the first time I ever mentioned any kind of possible criticism of Herzog that I can remember was was last week, and that was one where you're like, ah, well, maybe like for his really high standards, his near flawless refereeing, that could have been a little. But with Herb Dean, you know, you'd be calling that, ah, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be mentioning that because the standards are much lower than than the standards I expect from Herb Dean are much lower than what I expect from. For example, Jason Herzog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. But I suppose, what did you think of seeing Aspen Ladd on on the uh, on the scale on Friday? If, if anyone didn't see it, she she, uh, <laughs> she came out. She yeah. was she looked really really bad. They got the the hoop out because she had to to strip naked to to make the weight. She was visibly shaking on the scale. The the commission person asked her to put her hands up. She couldn't even lift her hands as far as I could see. And maybe, you know, maybe she did behind the hoop and he was looking at her buck naked behind the hoop and saw her hands up. But it didn't look that way. Uh, she made way. Then she came off and she was trembling again, could barely stand there for the photo. Just like one of the worst weighing uh, videos I've seen in a long, long, long time. Just looked. Yeah, looked we've seen like people like, you know, Conor McGregor look bad, look really bad on the scale, but never like shaking like a leaf like that. And uh, it just, there's no need for that fire to go ahead. Like you can, you can make it again. It's not, it's not saving a card or anything like that. You know, it's just unnecessary. Um, Even, even if it was saving a card, you got to take the fighters uh, safety as, as paramount. And, it's just a really bad look, uh, and it's really dangerous. And weight cutting is is already really dangerous, even when you're not on the the verge of death, like she seemed to be, mm-hmm. like uncontrollably shaking, can't even lift her arms. Just looked looked on the verge of death, and I think she probably was on the verge of death, which yeah. is scary. Like, it, like we're not, we're not exaggerating here. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very scary, and you know, I've gone on rants and rants and rants about weight cutting, and it's horrendous, and it's weird because there is that juxtaposition between her stopping it early. And this fight probably not 
shouldn't have happened like you know it's it's weird but once it does happen you have to ref it as it happens but before the fight started the commission look in fairness they got her checked over by by a doctor the weirdest thing ever marco mandy gave a quote from i don't know if the commission or the doctor i think it was the doctor be able to see it and where he basically said oh it was nerves and stuff why she was shaking and uh we gave her tests and she was fine i was like nerves <laughs> come on lads come on this nervous about the way in <laughs> maybe but come on it would, no i know but like that's uh, what is that what he's saying yeah nervous that's what he's saying in. yeah nervous at the way nervous about making weight and she was trembling oh, it just that was when i saw that if if i had just seen oh she was they gave her a hydration test the, you know all the vital organs are okay she's grand i would have said okay fair enough but when i saw that quote with it it just you know it just gave me bullshit <laughs> tremors through my body it's like what the what the fuck is he saying he's just trying to justify letting this go which i didn't like at all but the second i saw that the first thing that popped into my brain is don't let this fight happen. I just didn't want to see the, the fight after, after, uh, after that. And you know, maybe it's a little bit of a saving grace, a blessing in disguise that Herb did stop it early and stuff. But you have, I think you have to isolate those two things, you know, and and take them at, at their merits. But look, weight cutting. There's no point in me going into another rant. I've done it probably fucking fifty times in the last two two years on this podcast. But we need to find a way to get rid of it. We really, really do. We have to find a way to get rid of it. It's people, you know. Every every time someone makes a suggestion, people just like batter away. No, that won't work. That won't work. That won't work. What we have now is not working. <laughs> what we have now is putting people in danger. People are going to die cutting weight, as you said there. No, she's on the verge of death. She that's no fucking underestimation. Like she is on the verge. Of that if if that if she has to cut another two or three pounds there let's say she gets another two or three pounds she's an injury or something in camp and she's to cut a little bit more weight that could be serious 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 trouble and someone like that who's what eight no coming into that fight their first main event on the verge of a title shot like people like that who are fighters who never ever give up are not going to give up in that situation they're going to kill themselves to make that and it's going to happen in the ufc someone is going to die in the ufc cutting weight it's happened other places around the world and you know you know deaths and fights as we know here in ireland more than more than anywhere else probably is is a very very serious thing and I think we need to, you know, find a solution rather than find a remedy and, and fucking get rid of this. And I, oh, it really, really annoys me, but however, anyway. Look, Jermaine Durand me, she got the win, I suppose. A lot of people talking about Amanda Nunes next. That, that's not a, you know, not a bad fight. I wouldn't mind seeing that fight, but I think Amanda Nunes versus Cyborg should be next. And we'll, we'll see what happens from uh, from that point on. But, um, right, let's talk about Uriah Faber. Uh, well, I I would ask you what you thought of Uriah Faber before the knockout, before I said because I I'm not I'm not sure what other people think. What did you think of Faber uh, Faber's performance? Um, it wasn't going well until mm. until it was going no. well. Um, but like he needs a title shot. Like yeah, it has to get one. the man hasn't had a title shot in years. years. What's going on? <laughs> How can you keep denying this man a title shot? Frank Edgar's getting one in two weeks' time. How can you keep denying this man? I, I agree, though, but yeah. God, I was just about to tweet. But the, the ref uh, at the end of that uh, comes in to stop it a little early and then doesn't really, does a terrible job of trying to stop it. And Roy Faber just like kind of throws three or four shots while the ref's trying to kind of yeah. half, half, do, half stopping it, but not really. Uh, just, to me, I think Faber pro- probably knew that the ref was trying to stop yeah. it, but. 
uh, he landed some shots because he wanted to, but he, if the ref's going to do like a half-hearted job of stopping the fight, then like I suppose it's fair enough for Faber to do that. There was, uh, did you see a good angle of kind of behind where the knockout was hit or behind where the, the shots at the end? Because to me, it looked like Ricky Simon had gone out a bit, but I couldn't see his face. It was just like his body had drooped down a little bit. And the, the instant I kind of saw that, I didn't think about the stoppage anymore because I thought Beltran saw him go out and it was over. Uh, but it's it's hard to know. It could have been one, you know, one of them ones where he got knocked down, knocked out, and he kind of revives a little bit. And by the time he revives a little bit, Beltran's already on top of him, which is the stoppage I think is okay because he had taken a big knockout, knockdown punch and then he had taken two or three shots on the ground. You know, cause, So he gave him that opportunity and then he gets kind of his lights switched out for a second again. So I think that's okay. It wasn't the worst ever. I, I, uh, I. The problem there with that the, the, is the ref get kind of on his knees, kind of half stop yeah, and it's touching. Not clean, is it? T- stop it properly. Like yeah. you pull the guy off. Like the, the fighters talk. Masvidal was talking about it last week, for example. Like my job is to hit the guy until the ref pulls me off. Mm-hmm. If the ref's doing some like half arch job of half touching you and half kneeling on you, it's just like, is he stopping this? Just you, yeah. you got to be sure. Um, you're not taking any chances, and like I, I know what Faber's thinking. Like you know, I'm just gonna until he stops this properly, I'm just gonna keep punching, mm-hmm. and it's fair enough. It's just bad refereeing. Yeah, I think that's the problem with it more than the the timing of the stoppage or whatever. I think it was the, the uncleanliness of the, of the stoppage, really. And I always said at the end of rounds as well. Like we saw it last week, I think it was Herb Dean again. In fact, it was the it was the Luke Rockhold fight, wasn't it? Where uh, he didn't stop the the fight at the end of the round, and Luke Rockhold ended up yeah. taking a, a kick. No. It was, no, was, you remember the end of the round last week? Luke Rock called him Blackovich, right? Oh, took the sorry. Kick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. he's like, oh, he, he initiated the kick at, the, at mm-hmm. the bell. Yeah, yeah. yeah you need to get in there and do those things. Yeah, I definitely think. It. But you're right, Faber. Overall, look, you, it only went what. Uh, 46 seconds so how much can you actually take from it but Uriah Faber looked looked old and it was funny because I went back and rewatched this week and I watched Uriah Faber fight from maybe I don't know three or four fights before his retirement fight and okay it was Uriah Faber and he looked you know he, he didn't look like a modern day bantamweight like a Marlon Moraes or a Henry Cejudo or a, you know whoever you want to say he looked he looked like an old school one you know who, who was good who was still fast and everything like that and he, his body looked good you know he looked very strong but he looked he looked a lot older just body wise and strength wise and stuff coming no you know don't get me wrong he's still in phenomenal shape and everything but compared to Uriah Paver from four years ago he, he isn't and then he looked slow you know, he looked... Uriah Faber was always a fast guy, you know. Uriah Faber's a small sort of guy, even for 135. I know he's fought at 145, but he was always kind of small and fast. And he'd drop on a guillotine when, when you got... You know, when he got the opportunity or hit you with a, with a big shot. And this this was kind of that, but in a less impressive way. Because, you know, to start the fight, the, the knockout, there was nothing but, you know, there was... I couldn't say anything bad about that. It was really, really impressive. But before that, he looked slow. He looked like Ricky Simon was just going to eat him up. And I thought this wasn't going to end well at all. Ricky Simon was landing a few shots in him and hit him, you know, hit him pretty, pretty nicely a couple of times. And I think the fact I was worried coming into this fight for for Ricky Simon. If you're looking from his point of view, that he could go in here and he's he's thinking I'm fucking fighting Uriah Faber. And even when he was walking out and when you know the whole California love thing comes on and stuff, I was like, how will Ricky Simon? deal with this mentally but when the fight started I thought he dealt with it brilliantly but then I think the a little bit of a problem for him was I'm not fighting Uriah Faber I'm fighting the ghost of Uriah Faber and he just kind of went balls out hands down a little bit 
was wide open for that shot as he kind of threw the the one two there in favor as he said afterwards countered it the song Yadong right hand and, and hit him with it beautifully take nothing away from right favor you know Ricky Saman made a little bit of a mistake maybe got got too much into it and you couldn't really blame him because I was kind of getting too much into it as well watching it thinking it was it was over favor what a what a beautiful shot like I I think that that could have been Faber's game plan as well. Maybe he knew that he he wasn't what he used to be. wasn't maybe as as f- maybe fast is not the word, but didn't have the ability to jump on stuff like he used to. And decided, fuck this, I'm just gonna wait back in the pocket. Maybe take a couple of shots and counter him with this big right hand that I've been landing in in training. And it was smart, wasn't it? it was a really really smart fight by by Uriah Faber and uh, or a smart finish anyway by Uriah Faber right? yeah well it was, a, it was a really nice right hand mm-hmm. and he and he's like he uses, he's definitely experienced and knows when he has somebody hurt and he, and he followed up quickly but he spotted his opportunity and took it but uh, yeah it wasn't looking good until then like uh, it, be, it probably won't, won't happen because it never happens in MMA but it'd be a perfect time for Faber to actually retire yeah. like in front of Sacramento <laughs> mm-hmm. was was looking bad got the win finish like got paid a lot of money in front of his people like this is the perfect time to walk away but I'm looking forward to his next title shot yeah it's this that was the first thought I had after this is well jeez retire now <laughs> it will never happen because it's MMA and you know we said after his first retirement that it, he wasn't going to retire and obviously he came back everyone comes back in MMA but t- it, it was a weird one though because watching this I was like this is fucking cool as shit. Like Ryan Faber walking out to California, love. This is this is one of those fights that you know people who started watching with Conor McGregor started faking like they were watching w- during WEC and right the early days of Ryan Faber and the UFC, the early Dominic Cruz fights and stuff, and uh, you know and acting like oh I remember your Ryan Faber when they probably actually you know seen him fight twice or whatever. But like it's it's cool to see it. It just kind of brings a smile to your face the way Ryan Faber came out, and I didn't think it was going to end well, but it did end well for him and you you know you tend to get taken away a little bit uh from it but in mma it's something we don't really see that often in terms of okay good uh good outcomes of comebacks from retirements and also lads in their hometown getting that big reception like you know we we, conor mcgregor doesn't fight in ireland anymore you know a lot of the top top brazilians don't fight in brazil that often you know there isn't really many uh, you know the big fights a lot of them happen in Las Vegas and the Las Vegas crowd's not really a local crowd and there isn't really that many Las Vegans I suppose fighting in, in those big fights there anyway so it's it's an, a unique thing I suppose you know we saw it with Stipe back in the day fighting in Cleveland obviously with McGregor fighting in in, uh, in Dublin with our you know Aldo a few times jumping into the crowd over in Brazil and stuff so you know Uriah Faber is that in Sacramento and you know, if they're, they're to go back there again and, and do the Henry Souda fight, you know, people probably eat that up. But do, do you think there's any mass in this Henry Souda versus Uriah Faber fight? Do you think they'll they'll do it? Uh, I hope not. Yeah. Um, that would uh, be a trashing, wouldn't it? Henry Souda would destroy him easily. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I wouldn't be that surprised if it happens. He still has a good name. He still... He's still a, a known quantity, and they don't really have too many of them for Henry Cejudo to fight. And if he's going to fight, if Faber's going to fight him, I suppose now is the time. He's not getting any younger. He's he's forty now, but he didn't look good. Uh, well, like you know, you win in 40, 40 odd seconds, but mm-hmm. until until the, the last five seconds, he wasn't looking good. Uh, but it may be a bit of rust. He hasn't been there in a while. Maybe like. Henry Cejudo is just a different different level yeah. um, but 
I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen um, at all. Yeah. It is MMA. It is. In fact. <laughs> like in, especially when the other options are Algerman Sterling, who is, I don't think he's he's much of a draw. A very, very good fighter. I think that'd be a good fight. A way better fight than Faber fight would be. Uh, or Joseph Benavidez in a, a division that, hashtag fly never die. But I, t- I, I don't know what the crack is. They're after signing a new flyweight there the other day. You know, Robbie Fox did a, an interview. Shout out to my boy Robbie with, with Dana White. And he was kind of mentioning flyweight as well. And Dana kind of brushed it off a little bit but didn't you know didn't say that flyweight was gone or anything so i don't know what's going to happen there i'd love to see that joseph benavidez henry Cejudo fight again uh but you know who knows with that but uh, if you were to ask me now who i think will be next i think it'll probably be uriah faber but i don't know you'd, you'd never know and you know it was, good, it was good to see uriah back it was it was kind of a, a happy end to the to the night i suppose before the, the unhappy end tonight but but however, uh, right, the rest of the card then, uh, Josh Emmett beat my boy Merced Bektish with an absolutely beautiful jab, and we saw that lovely uh, stoppage by um, by Jason Herzog, really, really good uh, refereeing there by him, you know, J- Josh Emmett is a guy yeah, who's he's forgotten about, he is like, a lot, isn't he, he's a very good fighter though, he's a lot of good wins, my, my boy, uh, my boy Jeremy Stevens did knock him out though, in fairness, the hardy, yeah, hardy but like as I mentioned the last week, like, you know, he's, he's lucky to be alive after that, like, you, you can write that one off, and the Des Green, one split decision what two or three years ago yeah. there's only losses mm-hmm. he's fought some good guys now like you know he's, he's okay Ricardo Lamas is, is probably one of the most overrated fighters in the division but he, he knocked him out in the first round not more you can do not much more you can do with that like mm-hmm. knocked out Michael Johnson uh, now knocked out Mircev Bektic like that's that's serious that's, yeah. that's, that's not messing so it's it, it's time for a step up for him um, I think uh <laughs> He's 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 had a bit of a a bit of a um under the radar kind of rise, mm-hmm. but now now like if he like it is like you can't put him in there against somebody like even even the Michael Johnson the Beckett was kind of a bit of a sideways move or even a backwards move. How dare you? Uh, it, it was though, you know, in terms of like Beckett has like a lot of potential. Everybody everybody's kind of talking him as a prospect, but he hasn't really proven it. Not yeah. his own. Mostly not his own fault. He's injured the whole time and all that. But um, for Josh Emmett now, I'd be I'd be looking for for a good name here now. Um, to kind of get myself properly into title contention. Yeah, I, I, I think, think it's well deserved. I think the big issue as well with Federer is fucking Frank Edgar getting title shots <laughs> and, and the, the likes of Josh Emmett and Zabit and stuff not being in these big fights that make a difference that are going to be a number one contender fight because you know it's just going to be Aldo Edgar, Aldo Edgar, Max Holloway going up to 155 pounds. You know, this 145 pounds division is in the top two or three best divisions in terms of quality in the UFC. And if I was sure when when Max Holloway won that belt and beat Aldo that it was going to just change. This is going to be, you know, the the new coming when he fought Brian Ortega and that brilliant fight. This was going to be the new era of the featherweight division after McGregor held up the belt for ages as well. But it it just hasn't happened. Like, and now the next two weeks time, it's fucking Frank Edgar again. Like, I it annoys me so much. Like, this division has been ruined. You know, people are saying, "Oh, Conor McGregor's ruined this division by holding it up." The UFC have done a lot better job of fucking ruining this division, holding it up. You know, with and Conor McGregor made fights. the division. Like, like yeah. okay, hardcore has cared about these lower weight classes, but nobody else did. Like Dane, even Dane and stuff. Like, you know, they wouldn't put much weight behind or much promotion behind these lower weight classes. Fifty five was kind of like the lowest weight class that they would put a bit of promotional weight behind before Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of had a good chance there to kind of build on it. Like the names in the division were known because of links with Conor McGregor to a lot of casual fans. And mm-hmm. 
they kind of just it's just kind of stagnated. Um, but for Emmett, like there's some really good fights there. Like you know, looking at the the rankings above him, like it could, it'll probably change by the time, or maybe it's already changed. But it'll, uh, somebody like Yair Rodriguez or the Korean Zombie, like yeah. even uh, Zabit, mm-hmm. like. Like I'd love to see Emmett against any of them, any of those three. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, other than that, then we Carl Robertson got a, a pretty uneventful uh, split decision win over Wellington. Turman Marvin Vittori looked really really good against Muchancha in that, uh, especially the first two rounds and especially the first round he was taking the mount and just. I looked like a battering ram, got a little bit tired as was kind of naturally going to happen, but he's definitely one to keep an eye on going forward here. Uh, John Alain, Mike Rodriguez was a pretty good fight. You know, Mike Rodriguez got the big build-up from the commentators and stuff, and then John Alain came in his UFC debut and uh, and, and wrecked the party for him. Uh, Andre Feely with an absolutely brilliant KO yeah, over Shaman Rice. That right hand down through the middle and the, the big leg ki- or the big head kick after it and another right hand. Just Andre Feely's one of those guys, I don't know, that I kind of have an affinity for that. I think he could be really, really good if he kind of got. If he kind well, we've of got talked a few about fights. it, yeah, it's yeah. just the consistency that he hasn't had in the past. But now he seems to be a little bit better with that. Like he, he's shown some flashes of brilliance uh, in the past, but he's also shown uh, inconsistency. But uh, you know, it takes a t- so, so, uh, it takes a lot of experience, and it takes most of these guys a bit of time to to really come into the round and to, they may have the skills like if you say or oh, throw this right hand or do this or do that in the gym they're able to do it but it's putting it all together it's yeah. just it takes time it takes time in the cage it takes longer for some guys than others but really like you know on his day he caused cause trouble for pretty much anybody mm-hmm. yeah his last five fights even if you look at him okay he lost a split decision to Michael Johnson who's on his day is another guy who can be really really good but he beat Artem Labov beat Dennis Bermudez beat Miles Jory beat Shaman Morais now that's fucking that's a pretty good record like in, in the last five fights and the guy we, we you know maybe think of as an undercard guy or whatever I think we need he's another guy that me, needs maybe a little bit of a, a step up into into a top you know him versus Bektic maybe I know Bektic lost last night but I think that might be a you know a good fight to make here going forward and if he wins that maybe he's into the rankings and he's moving up to the I know he probably won't fight Josh Emmett because they're teammates but you know that sort of level I think he's only one fight away from that sort of level and he needs a ranked opponent next I think I I really like the look of Andre Feely and I think you know it was always like Wes Brown back in the day you know he's ah, he's not great he's not great and then he started playing like really really well and people didn't really uh, you know acknowledge it I think Andre Feely is one of those guys who's a a turned into a very good fighter if I remember correctly, I thought Feely actually won uh, the Michael Johnson fight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, could be a fight by sure. Wintry, so yeah. Yeah, you know, it could be different if if the judges went a different way on that one or got the correct decision, in my, in, in, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. um, Okay, maybe he's, he's like these guys like Michael Johnson and Mosier aren't world beaters, but they're, they're, they're solid fighters and they're... Um, you know, they're you can only beat what's in front of you. And okay, there were, a lot of them were decisions, but this one is a very impressive right hook and finish. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just about getting the consistency. And uh, if, for example, like you said, it could be a five fight win streak, and everybody would be talking, would be talking, oh, this guy, this. Guy. But maybe it's better for Feely that people aren't talking. Maybe it's yeah. better that he can kind of quietly Bit put it all together. Chip and, on his shoulder. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that works better for some guys. So. Um, I'm. I'm all, I like his style. It's a bit. It's a bit different as well. I, I always like when when guys offer something a little bit different because there is a lot of the same going on in MMA. It's a funny as well. We like for a long time maybe we thought Team Alpha Male was 
was kind of maybe dying out a bit. And I, I remember, funny, a few months ago, I tweeted, who's the, the head coach of Team Alpha Male now? And Conor McGregor tweeted and goes, me. <laughs> so, you know, I always kind of remember that. But it was, a while back we were thinking about, like, what's going on with Team Alpha Male? Are they even, you know, are they even fighting anymore? Is this team dying away? Is it going to be like the next Extreme Couture or whatever? And then... You know, a really good win here for Andre Feely. Looks like he's improving all the time. Josh Emmett looks like he could be fighting for a title in the next year. You know, he's kind of going that way. Uriah Faber gets a big win. Song Yadong last week got a good win. You know, Team Alpha Mel's kind of making a bit of a comeback here. So, you know, we I think we maybe wrote them off a little bit too soon. And, you know, it's good to see always need strong gyms, especially at the lighter weight class. And it's good to see a, a good Team Alpha Mel as well. So, fair Yeah, well, it's when when you used to have champions and now you don't and you're struggling. It's, you're held to a different standard than maybe other gyms. That's true as well, yeah. That is true. Um, other than that, Juliana Pena won the uh, the lineal flyweight championship of the world, <laughs> beating uh, Nico Montano <laughs> in a, a fight that wasn't great, to be honest. Ryan Hall beat Darn- my boy Darren Elkins in. Not a great night for Team Sheehan. I love yeah, that Yeah, that was a really nice, um, uh, what was it, like a hook kick wheel or like kick, a, spinning, yeah, a spinning wheel kick or like I was kind of imagine he does like he may be a jiu-jitsu guy but he does have some some kicks I, mm-hmm. I said before but I didn't I, I I was thinking more kind of left head kick right head kick not we haven't really seen him land something like that and once he did and he jumped on the guillotine you were like oh this is over but yeah. like it just shows how how tough and, and, and good uh, everywhere that, that the, the damage is um, because like if you if you put on you, you, if you're rocked and he grabs a hold of your neck for 99% of the time, you're finished. Yeah. So impressive in 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 that situation, but the rest of the fight unimpressive from the damage. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, it's funny because you look at Ryan Hall and even Michael Bisping was saying it in the commentary. What you need to do against someone like that, you know, you'd be thinking is go forward, throw big combinations and push him up against the fence, try to hurt him as he goes back, you know, chase him around, cut off the cage and stop him. Darren Elkins is good at doing that usually, and he couldn't do it. Now, it looked very bad that he couldn't cut off the cage at one point, even in the, in the third round, you know, there was a bit of booze and stuff with Ryan Hall running away from him. And I, to me, I don't mind that. I've no problem with it. I can understand why people get mad at it. But if Darren Elkins can't do that... But if that, you're losing the fight and the guy's running away, you got to stop him running away. Yeah, cut off the cage. You, exactly. Like, it's your responsibility to... He's not responsible to engage. If he's already got the fight in the bag, he's well entitled to do what he wants. Yeah, it's, it's a hard like, Obviously, job. there's a thing called timidity, but I don't think it was anywhere near... Like yeah. taking a point or anything? No, no. I, I just think it was kind of his game plan. He was throwing loads. Like he was throwing big, big shots all the time. I don't think he didn't throw it. I had Elkins win the third. A couple of people asked about that. I thought it was twenty nine, twenty eight. Pretty, you know, pretty easy fight to, to score. To be honest, uh, Ryan Hall didn't do as much. He kind of caused a little bit uh, in the third. But it's it's funny as well because you know a few times when Ryan Hall was throwing those spinning kicks and he got hit by Elkins, it kind of went down. It was like, I, I was thinking about it tomorrow. Like, oh, yeah, would Herb Dean have stopped that there? <laughs> you know, if he got knocked down and he was laying on his back? You know, because Ryan Hall does that. Like, Verdun back in the day when he got hit and just went down. Like, you know, should, should should those fights have been stopped because he went down after getting hit? I know it was a different situation with Durand me, but it's, it's the panic sort of thing uh, when, when that happens. And, you know, for, for guys like Ryan Hall especially, and this is kind of aside from the Jermaine Durand thing, I think throwing those big spinning kicks... 
okay, you can land one like you did against Darren Elkins and it was brilliant. But even if you don't land and you manage to tie a guy up, you know, you throw a big kick and it lands on his shoulder and then you kind of pull him down and, and he's on top of you and you're just caught, you've caught him on the ground. That's perfect for, for Ryan Hall. You know, he doesn't need to land that, that kick. He just needs to create a bit of chaos. He needs to pull him down into his guard. You know, get it's not it's not always easy to go for the legs when you're going for the legs with those Minari rolls um, like, like Ryan Hall does a lot. But when you draw those big kicks and you're kind of you know it's like you're i suppose you're throwing wrestling technique out the window a little bit but you're throwing kind of madness technique into it to get the fight to the ground and i think they're always wise to do that well yeah if you create a scramble he's backing himself to to win any kind of scramble and if he doesn't he's like well if i don't win the scramble like i'm not really in danger so i can just Mm -hmm. go again yeah that is true but i I love right watching ryan hall fight and uh you know some people don't like him but fuck them that's what I said. <laughs> I'm only joking about. Uh, I didn't see the other three fights. Did you see him? Did you see any of them? No. Did the, the, the undercard fights around fight pass? No. I actually saw the, the KO. It was a really good uh, knee KO from, from Jonathan Martinez. But yeah, other than that. Oh, I did see that actually. I saw yeah. that on uh, Reddit. I didn't see the fight though. How dare you? Don't uh, illegally fucking stream things. All right. I mean, I, uh, yeah. Uh, on the back, the fight pass. Allegedly. 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 No, I did nothing illegal. No, no. Okay. Um, Bellator 224, obviously a big, a big Irish contingent here. I have to talk about this Sinead Kavanaugh, Leslie Smith fucking robbery. What, what, what did you think, Graham, of this decision, Sinead Kavanaugh? Yeah. Um, we kind of talked about it recently on the podcast a few times that we haven't really seen a, a terrible decision in mm-hmm. a while that, like, the decisions are kind of dis- the ones that maybe people don't agree with. There, there hasn't been a robbery in a while that, yeah. okay, you can, you can see how it was scored this way. You can see how it was scored that way. And I can see how it was scored that way just because it's it's bad judging and it's yeah. like well Lena Garcia used to do what I thought we were past that. Like mm-hmm. I I thought that went out with Lena Garcia or, or you know, Frank Yeager still making a career of it, but like <laughs> he's not getting the decisions anymore. Yeah. Like punching air and going for like punching air doesn't it doesn't score. Especially in that third round. She was just like punching nothing. Absolutely. like <laughs> But like marching forward, like a oh, ring generalship or something. I saw people saying that kind of crap. It's like walking forward and getting jabs in the face. Like uh, it's not really much generalship going on there. I don't think. Yeah, and like Sinead Kavanaugh was landing some beautiful jabs, landed a lovely uppercut at one stage. You know, and even if if Leslie Smith and people was, are like, oh, she wore down. She looked tired. It's like looking tired doesn't score no, against you either. Yeah. What are people talking about? And I, yeah, I thought the third round was the clearest round for Sinead Kavanaugh as well. To be honest, I think she definitely won the the first round as well. You had that big head kick from Leslie Smith at the end of the first round, but Sinead Kavanaugh landed two lovely right hands after it. You know, I watched it back in in detail because I was talking to a few people about the scoring and stuff. And you know, the first and the third I thought were were plainly for Sinead Kavanaugh on rewatch at, at the start I thought maybe the first is a little bit closer but no definitely not on, on rewatch the second actually I thought was a little bit closer because it was a, a kind of a large portion where Leslie Smith was landing you know she landed a good few shots and Sinead Kavanaugh wasn't landing as much so if you'd scored the second for Leslie Smith I wouldn't have taken away but I thought it was a, a, a clear 30-27 you know it's obviously harder for the the judge is sitting there and it's one of those fights where we don't really see fighters fighting off the back foot and winning fights that much in MMA in, in a kind of a decision way okay we see like Uriah Faber last night landing the the big counter off the back foot and knocking people out but to fight a whole fight 15 minutes off the back foot and pretty clearly win to be honest is something we don't see that often but I think that's bad, just bad judging you know no one praises judges as much as me I think the judging in MMA has improved 
unbelievably in in the last few years and people don't talk about it enough and it's it's funny because you know we saw the Sahuda Demetrius Johnson fight which I didn't think was great judging but other than that you know I always talk about doing the awards at the end of the year for but that one years. was that one was like razor thin rounds like yeah. where you that could was make more, way more understandable than this yeah yeah like I uh, yeah I can understand the second round I I did definitely I scored a first now I didn't think it was that close but like. Uh, I like you. You watch it and you're thinking, "Am I being biased here?" Like I don't yeah. think I am. Like, uh, like I, uh, people may think, "Ah, oh, you're, you're you're biased or Irish," but like I actually think I judge historically. I judge Irish guys watching them harsher mm-hmm. than other guys because I'm trying to make up for any possible bias. You know what I mean? I just really think that that was a bad decision. Like it doesn't make. Like, I'm sure these judges aren't bad judges, or I'm not sure, but, like, uh, I'd say these judges aren't bad judges. People can have a bad view or make have a bad night or whatever, but you just got to call it as you see it and say that it was the wrong decision. Yeah, um, it was definitely the wrong decision. Pretty guy. clearly. Yeah. I, I, it was funny, because... I, I, like, I, you know, we're, we're like, like mm-hmm. for example, Kaposa, who watches yeah, more it. fights than anybody I fucking know. If I, if I can't find a fight or I can't find something about somebody, he's the guy to ask and he knows. He's seen... Like we, me, and you've seen hundreds of thousands of fights. He's probably seen millions, three, four times more than us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's watching everything, like everything. If if there's any kind of obscure MMA event on, you check his timeline. He's watching it. And he's tweeting mm-hmm. about it. And he's sharing stuff about it. And he's like, like saying without hyperbole, this is hyperbole. this is one of the worst. Sorry, <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, hyperbole. Yeah. He's one of the worst decisions he's seen. Um. And he's seen a lot of decisions and a lot of dodgy promotions, mm-hmm. so that says a lot of things. Yeah, it was. Look, it was. It, I think it was pretty undeniably bad, and I, I think they should do a rematch in Dublin. Now, I think it, you know it makes sense. We don't have that that big name on that card yet, non-Irish name. Uh, I, yeah. I think Leslie. She needs to make weight as well. Like she yeah. needs to make weight. I talked about this before. You just need to make weight. And this was at one forty-five as well. You know, she not making weight for one forty-five is very, very worrying. I think you know and. It's. I wonder what what the crack with her is. Maybe she needs you know the nutrition. I know George Lockhart and stuff works a lot with the the guys and and girls in SBG and and um, the guy that works with him whose name escapes my mind. But you know maybe maybe that's something she needs to to really really get down. You know you said it beforehand and I was kind of thinking ah oh, this is at one forty five. You know there was talks of one thirty five before and stuff and I thought one forty five would be grand. But yeah that was. That was definitely a worrying, you know, thing as well for her. But, you know, a, a pretty bad weekend for Sinead Kevin. That probably should have been the best weekend of her career, to be honest. If she'd made weight and got the proper judge's decision there. But, look, however, I think the rematch needs to be made now. Like, I think most people were saying it was a, a bad a bad uh, decision and stuff like that. And maybe it's the fact yeah. that it was kind of on the belt or prelims as well. And can can you put Leslie Smith against somebody else or Sinead Kevin against somebody else that would create it, that has a it's got a story or yeah, people not, will yeah. be pas- as passionate one way or the other like maybe people are thinking oh, like what are people thinking oh what are they saying she clearly won or whatever fair enough let's let's do it again they'll be more interested than they would have been before and they probably would be if they f- each face different opponents mm-hmm. and if you haven't seen as well it's on the Bellator app and you know it's <laughs> you know if, if you're not Irish here and you're going you're thinking oh these biased Irish lads are what was the pronunciation of, of Sinead uh, Sinead Kavanaugh <laughs> Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Sinead. Sinead. Sinead Kavanaugh. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sinead's not that hard to say. Sinead. Like, it's, come on. It's not fucking rocket science to say Sinead. I don't know. Yeah, you could just ask somebody, like, and then write it down phonetically, yeah. like, if, if you don't know. Like, I don't know. That was, that was very weird. But uh, anyway, uh, Kiefer Crosby then <coughs> got the... Uh, 
got to, it was a funny fight, wasn't it? Because it's when watching Kiefer Crosby fight, you're thinking, okay, Kiefer's a very, very good striker. When the when the the, the fight is kind of on the feet, uh, and you know, not against the cage or not against uh, underground. When when someone like a Kiefer Crosby is fighting, you're thinking, okay, he he has it here. But then he gets pushed to the cage, taken down. Oh, it's against him. But when Kiefer Crosby is fighting and he gets pushed against the cage, like, oh, this is an opportunity. <laughs> you know, he's one of those guys. that Because those elbows, this isn't just a one thing now. This is the third time where he's almost knocked someone out with those elbows. Kiefer Crosby's McGregor elbows, we'll have to start calling the Kiefer Crosby elbows against the cage, are unbelievable. He might have better elbows against the cage than anyone in the world. They're just absolutely brilliant. And obviously, Well, I think I think the standard of fighter he's fighting is obviously lower. Maybe, if, too, but, um, maybe if he went in there against like a a better wrestler and he started throwing them elbows maybe it wouldn't be as successful but for like maybe he wouldn't throw them against you know like game plans change and weapon, well, weapons yeah. you use change against against other guys but yeah if if you push him against the cage you want to get that thing down quicker he's going to start dropping them elbows or you're at risk of dropping them elbows and he looked like he was on his way to another completely dominant victory but he I saw people saying, oh, who was it? Somebody saying that his corner call yeah, for the they kick. Did. I, didn't... I, I watched it back and they're like, knee to the head, knee to the head, knee to the head, like <clears throat> four or five times. I, it wasn't John Kavanaugh. I don't know. Maybe it was someone else in his corner. Or maybe it was some, wasn't someone in the corner. Maybe it was someone just outside the cage. But someone definitely roared. You can, if you go back and watch it on the Bellator app, you can hear it. It's like, knee to the head, knee to the head, knee to the head, like four or five times over. You know, it was one of those ones that he knew straight away. Everyone watching knew straight away what was after happening. That it was a big, big mistake. And obviously, if you didn't see it, Keith Crosby lost by. Uh, lost but by hold on, but hold on. This yeah. guy, like, I've never seen somebody like I've seen Tito Ortiz fight a lot of times. I've never seen somebody milk milk something so badly. It was yeah. like something out of a comedy or something. He had that neck brace on before he even got off the ground. It was ridiculous. Like. Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, come on, like, mate, you were." Like fair enough, you won the fight. The, the rules are the rules. A stupid rule. I've been saying it for years. Stupid rule. But as a dog, yeah, come on, thing. like yeah. yeah, come on, like the neck brace. Are you joking me? That was a bit much. But I thought it was the right. I thought they got to the right decision. To be honest, I thought it had to. Be oh yeah, yeah. Like it was, a, it was a disqualification. He he. It was silly from Kiefer. He knows himself straight away. You can mm-hmm. see he knew yeah, himself yeah. straight away. But you've got the win that you didn't. You have to play deserve. it up to get that win, though, and then, but he was, he's already got yeah. the win, and then he's throwing the neck brace on. It's like, <laughs> come on, mate, you, you've got the win. You got away lucky. Don't make a fool of yourself here. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit weird. When you're standing up, but okay, if you're on the ground and you're hard, like even Tito Ortiz waits till he gets to the backstage to throw on the <laughs> neck brace. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit funny, all right. But uh, what, <clears throat> what can you like? It's it's an unfortunate situation. Kind of, it was kind of like the the Matt Hamill one. Not obviously not as bad, but you know he was hurt with those big shots like Matt Hamill was hurt and then the illegal shot came and it's like oh he's not fit to continue he was actually probably not fit to continue due to the elbows landed but that doesn't matter because the last shot landed was the big shot and you can't decipher which one caused the big damage so you know it was very 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 unfortunate for Kiefer Crosby you know it was a bad mistake but it was unfortunate at the same time and that maybe well you know it also like having that like I've heard people in the past talking about having that O on the record being undefeated kind of like it's a, nearly an extra pressure, pressure. Yeah. yeah it's an extra pressure and now he's lost it but people are kind of like, ah, we didn't really lose it. Like, it's kind of like the John Jones thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe that will, like, actually benefit him in the long run. And it'll probably benefit him to be a bit more relaxed when he has a guy hurt. Not to, not to, you know, to pick, to pick and choose his shots a little bit better. Yeah. yeah but it's early in his career. Like, you know. Uh, good learning experience. Could end, up, too, yeah. could end up being a really good learning experience. Yeah. And nobody's like, uh, like there was no holes exposed in his game or anything like that. So. It's like in. Yeah, uh, I I, I, it's not. It's, it's, it's not the worst 
uh, yeah. case scenario that like like you probably pissed off but I wouldn't worry about it too much if I was him yeah, it's like in pro wrestling when they don't want to beat someone clean so they give him a DQ loss like this Kiefer Crosby hasn't really lost but he's always gone off his his uh, record so you know <laughs> okay it's, it's a cloud and a, a silver lining I suppose but however these these things happen in MMA Dean um, Will Flory you know, a very, very impressive display by, by Will Flory winning the, the unanimous decision. I had a 30-26 one. The judges had it that way as well. And the other two had a 30-27. Never, never really in doubt. Um, at the start of every round, Will Flory got a takedown within probably a minute or, or uh, 70 seconds or so. Got the uh, his opponent Straight Antonio into side control and, nearly every yeah, time as well. Almost got a few submissions. Almost got a Van, Van Fluchok, I believe, in the second and an arm triangle as well. And... Uh, very very good display on the ground I'd be a little bit worried about Will defensively on the feet you know even you know in the what probably was it two and a half minutes or so at uh, you know with the, the three periods at the start of each round he took a couple of shots okay he landed a few of his own as well and it's obviously yeah, his punches are a bit wider lump, mm-hmm. uh, for, for a guy with not that much speed in his hands he needs to I think throw straighter less hooks and stuff but I'm sure he knows better than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, it's nitpicking because you know a lot of people are talking about Will maybe moving forward, going up in that division, and I would, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say against that at all. But you know, if you can kind of put that defensiveness on the feet with that ability to get a guy against the cage, that he, and it was a few different takedowns as well. It wasn't just you know get him to the cage, body lock, take him down. He got the body lock. He got a lovely double leg in the third as well. That was an, a really really good uh, takedown. We know we've seen a couple of those from Will before, but I don't think we've seen one as good as that. So you know if he can put maybe the the defensive striking together with that, maybe be a little bit more cautious going in. And you know don't take a shot coming in. I know his one loss, he took a big shot coming in, going for takedowns, and uh, you know got, got kind of got hurt from that as well. So if that's a little bit. That that can be improved, you, you know. It's you know. I know their uh, their their mantra is win or learn. There over <laughs> over an SVG, but maybe win and learn from this one and come out and win and even more impressively the next time. But yeah, very very good uh, display from Will Flory and another very very good win there. And uh, you know, I talk about it a lot. Young guys coming through. Will Flory probably he only has what seven or eight fights in his career to get fifteen minutes under your belt. That's a big big thing for guys like that coming through, especially in you know the the higher weight classes where when you're young and stuff, it's it's tougher to get fights. And Will Flory had lots of fights cancelled on him as well. So getting fifteen minutes in the cage over in America, winning that debut as well, that's very very good for him. So you know very impressive. For yeah, but like Flory. going for the choke, kind of tiring your arms a little bit. Like he looked a little bit tired at times, but he battled through. It's a good experience to feel yeah, that. Yeah. Like. Uh, not have everything your own way, but to, to dominate. So, like, I, I scored the first round 10-8 and mm-hmm. the other two rounds 10-9. So, there's not much to, to, to look at there. But if you, if you were being hypercritical, which I'm sure Will will be himself, yeah. like, you know, if you want to improve, you got to be, yeah, the defensive the defensive boxer maybe less wide punches. But, yeah, he's, he's improving all the time and he's young in his career as well. So, I'm sure I'm sure he'll go back and, and work on everything as well. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 as you say it's it's kind of different going like fighting in the three arena is great and all but going over to America is a different experience and it's it's fifteen minutes as you said so yeah there's a lot of a lot a lot of positives to take for Will yeah so th- what it's about just less than three months two and a half months until the Bellator show in Dublin you'd have to think Will Flores will definitely be on that he didn't take really any damage got a couple of shots but not nothing too much Kiefer Crosby didn't he maybe took one or two shots early in that fight but nothing bad and uh, obviously Sinead Kavanagh took a lot more you think you rematch that Kiefer one or no? um <sighs> I think you probably do, don't you? And I, uh, you know, make the Kiefer rematch, make the Sinead Kavanagh rematch against Leslie Smith, put the both of those. I think that, as you said, they're easy made stories in those fights, aren't they? Whereas, you know, if if uh, if Kiefer Crosby fought Mike Jackson 
in Dublin having not fought him before everyone will be thinking who the fuck is this guy like <laughs> you know and as we kind of are thinking coming into this a little bit it's like he's an experienced guy we looked at his record it's a good move up for Kiefer Crosby and so but now we're thinking oh that's the guy in the last fight there's there's a bit of needle there you know there's this qualification what can happen in the next one will Kiefer land the elbows will he be ready for him will he actually get the takedown I, I think there's a, a ready made inbuilt story there to make to that fight yeah Kiefer can take the piss out of him for throwing on the neck brace yeah. like comedy movie style there's, there's a few things that can like that you wouldn't have with any other random random guy like Mike Jackson was before before this fight as you said so mm-hmm. yeah why not make the rematch nobody's nobody's going to complain um people be interested and it'll be good for Kiefer to to get the win back mm-hmm. or get the loss back 100% uh other than that in the card uh, AJ Exarm got a, a good submission win over the <laughs> a guy nicknamed the Jiu-Jitsu Jesus so Jiu-Jitsu Jesus tapped so that was uh, that was absolutely fantastic you know he looked okay his striking is is pretty bad he's not Gary Tone or anything but underground obviously going to be very very good uh, Ed Root got a good win more, there more the... Gabriel the Jesus than yeah <laughs> maybe that's what he was saying <laughs> maybe maybe uh, Ed Root got a good win Juliana Velasquez Rafael Carvalho beat uh, Chidi Injaquan did you know that Rafael Carvalho was American or uh, not Rafael, Rafael Lovato Jr., to who beat uh, Kegar Musasi a while back. They, they brought him no, out I here. Never, I never thought about it, but no, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have thought he was. Me neither. I just presumed he was Brazilian. But then I saw people call him Rafael, and it's like, oh, what's, why do they call him Rafael? And I don't know. But then he came out here, and he's a big, he's from like, where, where was this on? Oklahoma or somewhere. He's a big fucking Oklahoma accent. And I was like, what? what? What's happening here? But yeah, that was weird anyway. And I like the thing they do with Bellator, where they have like placards up in the back of the arena with all the champions and their belts and stuff, and they unveiled his one. I thought it was really nice. I think you know the UFC should well maybe not the UFC now to copy in Bellator but I really really like that I think that's a nice touch from Bellator I like the fact that they do that uh, and in the main event in Julia Bud uh, got a, a lovely lovely front kick to deliver against Olga Rubin and, and finish her soon after that so um, a good win there for Julia Bud called out um who did she call out? She called out Gabby Garcia and Leslie Smith as well oh, Leslie Smith had a great performance earlier in the night even though she got boxed up for for three rounds but look However, these things happen in MMA. Right before we finish up here, there's a card next week as well. And that is Rafael Dos Anjos fighting your boy's brother, uh, Leon Edwards, in the main event here over in, where is this? San Antonio, Texas, which is maybe a bit of an odd main event for San Antonio, Texas. But a good fight, isn't it? How would you see this one going, Leon Edwards, Rafael Dos Anjos? Yeah, um, I see I see Leon Edwards winning. Um, I think he's... Uh, I think it's like a lot of the the matchup is is similar, mm-hmm. but I think I think I don't know. RDA a couple of times has shown that if it doesn't really go his way, he if it goes his way he, at the start, he's a great front runner. He's he's brilliant, but I think I think Leon Edwards is is just quietly maybe slightly better on the feet, slightly more aggressive these days even though RDA used to be kind of more aggressive mm-hmm. it's a tough fight to call like but uh, I'd pick I'd, I'd Leon Edwards here but like I think I think people are still underestimating Leon Edwards okay maybe he doesn't say good good things in the, the post fight interview and stuff and he's but he's beaten all he's beaten everybody you know he's he's constantly winning and he always finds a way to win and it's it, it, it it's never really that close like he he has a way of of, of winning uh, cleanly. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the most impressive highlight reel performances, but he, he's beaten good guys and he's beaten them comprehensively. Even though it's by decision a lot of the time. 
Yeah, I, I think he's just a good all-round fighter, Leon Edwards. Like, looking back at his fights, I watched a bit of the Sneakily, gun like, you know, yeah. like, he puts it together probably better. Most guys is probably the other way around where if you see them hitting the bag, it looks more impressive, but maybe can't put it together, mm-hmm. can't make a flow. But maybe Leon Edwards maybe doesn't... It, this is for example, I haven't really watched much of Mitten Pad, but maybe, you know, it doesn't look all that impressive when he does certain things on, on tape or, or in the gym or, or in the warm up or in the open workouts or whatever. But when he puts it together in the cage, he puts it together so well. He strings everything together brilliantly. He's like a, a natural MMA fighter. So you're saying Leon Edwards is like the anti Mike Pyle. Is that what you're saying here? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know I, what I mean. Like, I do know what you mean. Yeah, I, I would never. Some guys step up, like yeah. most guys, gym warriors. Like you see here, but these guys, oh, they're brilliant in the gym and they can't put it together. But there is these other guys that in the gym, they're good, but they're they're better when the, the when the pressure's on or when when it's the moment to shine. Mm-hmm. Like you hear about it with footballers, like guys who are not that good in training, but they always come up with the the goods and in in actual matches. Like, and I think Edwards maybe more one of those guys which is rare enough in, in MMA it seems mm-hmm. yeah I was one of them myself and obviously a natural athlete when the, the big <laughs> the, when the big lights came I shone the brightest so yeah I was like that but yeah look it's a good fight Dos Anjos with that big left hand always has a chance and to me as well Dos Anjos he loses to heavy wrestlers a lot of the time um, will Leon Edwards wrestling be heavy enough to, to beat Dos Anjos I, I think it will I think Leon Edwards wrestling is very 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 good and underrated and just because maybe he's English and people don't realise how good his wrestling is but he's strong and good technique against the cage and good body locks and stuff like that I, you know <clears throat> I could see him pushing Dos Anjos against the cage and giving him a very very tough night over five rounds but that, that to me I don't think that's going to be a classic fight but I think it's going to be a long battle over four or five rounds to be honest I, I'd be very surprised if this this one ends in the first couple of rounds. You never know, you know, Dasanya sits very hard and Leon Edwards is, you know, a few shots with him as well, but I think it'll probably be, you know, four rounds to one to Leon Edwards or something like that and go to a decision. But I'm, I'm you know, I'm looking forward to it. I don't, I don't think it'll be a classic, but I think it'll be a good battle. Um, other than that, Alexi Alnick versus Walt Harris. <coughs> I suppose a case of can Alexi Alnick get the Ezekiel Chuck again? Probably, <laughs> probably can. <laughs> yeah, let's see on that one. Walt Harris, you know, he's. I don't know. I just, I just love, I just love him. He, yeah, he's great. I love him like even, well. even in the last fight, okay, like he lost badly, but like it's always entertaining because as I say again, like with Ryan Hall or talking like, to the he, microphone there, Graham. You missed out. You forgot. Oh, sorry. That. Um, yeah, he, he's like Ryan Hall or whatever. For example, somebody who does things a little bit differently, and mm-hmm. I like to see that, and always look forward to his fights where some crazy submission might happen, even though everybody's preparing for it. He still manages to pull it off because he's that good at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's always always fun to watch. Love a bit of Alexi Alnick. Greg Hardy then against Juan Adams uh, in the third fight at night. Juan Adams, obviously Greg Hardy. You know, we we talk about him uh, over and over with the whole domestic. Why isn't this huge draw on pay per view? What's going that on? True, that is true. Why isn't he on this? I I watched a bit of Juan Adams before, and I don't think he's great. He's probably better. Than, he's definitely better than anything Greg Hardy has fought before. The best thing about Juan Adams to me is his durability and his cardio. Watching him one of his fights, the one where he finished in the third round, the name escapes me now, but he was still going well for a fucking heavyweight. You know, he wasn't going too well. He wasn't like you know Demetrius Johnson going into the fourth or fifth round or something. But he was going well for a heavyweight and and landing shots and still bringing his power into the third round of a grueling enough fight where there was lots of shots landed so if he can 
draw Greg Hardy in, you know, take a few of his shots early. You'd have to fancy Juan Adams to win that fight in the second and third round. But, you know, Greg Hardy hits with a lot of power. Obviously, probably one of the best athletes in the UFC, if not the best athlete in the UFC coming from the NFL background. Uh, and if he can land early, you'd fancy him to win. I'd fancy Greg Hardy to win. I think he probably will. But this isn't a foregone conclusion like some of his other fights. And it's uh, it's the first real test of Greg Hardy's career. I know he lost via DQ at one stage with a, an illegal knee, but... Yeah, this is this will be interesting to see, and you know the controversy will will keep going with him as as it always does. Uh, the best fight in maybe of the night: James Vick versus Dan Hooker. I'm really looking forward to it. Although Alexander Hernandez versus Francisco Trinaldo, that could be a really fun fight as well. Two very good fights there, and on the on the main card, isn't there? Yeah, Dan Hooker's another guy kind of flying below the the radar, just getting the job done and steadily improving. Mm-hmm. And uh, like James Vick is definitely a really tough style matchup for a lot of guys. He's long and he he has he has really good aspects to, to his game as well. But uh, I think Hooker's Hooker's probably uh, still improving and probably at a higher level now than, than Vick. But the length, if he can use the length, and if Vick can use his length, and he does have power, but. Um, he could get the job done, but I'll be picking Hooker in this one. Yeah, I like the fact Hooker took about eight months off as well after that ferocious fucking fight against uh, Edson Barboza, and he's coming back here. I don't know who's going to win this fight, to be honest. They're, they both like to kind of use their, their lint. I suppose Dan Hooker would be better kind of coming inside as well, uh, and landing those big shots, whereas James Vick, as you say, that jab is really good, and he's one, two, straight down the middle. He's combinations. Might be, you know, one of the best combination fighters, tro- combination chores in, in the UFC. Really, really good. I always love watching James Vick uh, fight and uh, Dan Hooker as well. That's going to be a really, really good fight. You know, both lads coming off of losses as well. So it's a big fight for both of them in that lightweight division, which is, you know, a murderer's row, really. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. And Alexander Hernandez as well. You know, he came into the UFC and, uh, you know, beat my boy Benil Dariush with a KO in what, you know, 42 seconds, but lost to Donald Cerrone then. And a lot of people, you know, at 10 and 1 before going into the Cerrone fight were talking about him being the, the next big thing. Uh, and that Cerrone fight obviously got TKO'd in the second round. Uh, with a with a head kick brought him back a little bit but this is another big chance to come back against uh, Trinaldo who who we know has been around for a long time so that that should be a good fight Andrelowski been been Rockwell will be a heavyweight fight uh, and other than that Irina Aldana versus Ra- Raquel Pennington on the undercard really really like that fight that's a that's a good fight your girl Roxanne Mataferi back against uh, Jennifer Maya Gabrielle Silva versus uh, Ray Borg as well I always love watching Ray Borg fight so yeah good fight good card up and down not too bad who have you got between Arlovski and Rockwell Oh God! When when was the last time Rotwell fought? Let me let me just look at your. He was banned there for a while, wasn't he? Did he come back after that? He fought uh, Bilal Avanov in March, and he lost uh, by unanimous decision. So yeah, uh, Arlovsky. Remember that time Arlovsky like looked like he was gone, and then he came back and like almost got a title shot at one stage. And he he's been looking like that again recently, a little bit. I think he got one win in in the middle of it there at at one stage. Um, you know, the fight with Walt Harris was a no contest uh, as well. You know, he got the win over Stefan Struve and hasn't won since that back in 2018. He's, what, almost five losses now in a row, four losses in a row if you take out the, the no contest. So, I don't know. Ben Rotwell, maybe? Who do you think? Uh, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be a, a decision, even though it's heavyweights and both guys hit, hit hard and Boca, and Arlowski's a bit chinny, but um, I probably... I'd probably go with with Rothwell because if somebody is going to get knocked out, it's probably Orlovsky. But I don't know. I just hope if Ben Rothwell wins, he does his crazy, stupid pro wrestling laugh. Yeah. 
so I hope he wins just for that reason alone me too me too uh, <laughs> right let's enter a couple of questions here before we go uh, patreon.com forward slash severe podcast if you want to help us out if you know just like thousands of people who listen to this podcast right now who haven't signed up and throw all five at us you know you'll get a month of podcasts if you don't like it sure you can you can easily cancel it anyway so throw five at us point of a uh, you know sure, if you don't like point. it you can fuck off <laughs> you, can, you can fuck off Remember, you can fuck off easily just by clicking a few <laughs> buttons it's, it's okay you can yeah you can fuck off but fuck in first and give us <laughs> give, give us a five for for once anyway we've, we've provided like 300 podcasts here for free and it's terrible the way actually mm-hmm. speaking of fucking the way they won't say will fucking flurry yeah it, at least will he effing said, flurry at like, least get he out said of here. come on this is mma remember the last time he was gone with uh what was it the the, the Tipperary lion will for is like nah but <laughs> no no that's that's one of those nicknames that you kind of come up with yourself and it's like no no I think will fucking Flory like is the perfect nickname for will Flory I think it's a, a brilliant nickname I, look when they say effing I mean, was it who was that was it uh, Bam or something wouldn't say it at all I think so uh, I'll take effing I'll take effing there you go um, Christopher Graham uh, is Bektich becoming another Eric Silva or is Emmett just too damn good is it time for a team she and transfer it might be what do you think of that what, Bektich is he a bit of an Eric Silva or is was it just a case of Emmett's really really good or a bit of no yeah. I think Emmett's really really good mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's injuries as you said earlier on as well you know injuries for Bektich have kind of ruined his career it's been stop start and you can't kind of get that you know, like, like we're saying, Will Flory getting that fifteen minutes. Like you need to get, you know, the, those steps up the ladder to get to the very top. They need to be perfect a lot of the times, and it's very hard if they're not perfect to get there. And I think that's been an issue for Bektish. Now, yesterday it was it was all uh, Josh Emmett. Very very good for him to take nothing away from him. But yeah, I think there is a there is a bit of that as well. Uh, Sean Dinny potential Saldich versus Paul Daly fight. How do you see that going? Is that a potential fight? That'd be a good fight, wouldn't it? I love a bit of yeah, Rodas. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a tough one to call. Um, go Paul Daly. <laughs> Would you? I'd go with Saldic. I think Saldic is fantastic. I think he's really, really good. I think he's one, like one of the top prospects in the world. I think he's he's that that much that much better than a, a lot of the guys. And uh, Okay, a couple here from uh, from Twitter. We'll answer the rest of these questions over in the Q&A on Patreon out every Tuesday. So if you have any questions after this, send them up and uh, we'll, we'll answer them there. Uh, Sean Dini, thoughts on Owen Morgan singing the England national anthem. Do you see this? The England are in the World Cup final in cricket today and their captain is from fucking Waterford or somewhere. He's Irish. What do you think? What do you think of that, Graham? Bit of yeah, quick, it's terrible. Turncoat. How dare you? But before, in fairness, they had, I think Ireland have played a couple of test matches now, but they used to be able to play test matches. So if you want to play test matches, you have to go to England. A couple of different lads did it, but however. Um, Benjamin Berry, uh, who would you and Graham like to see in the Bellator featherweight tournament? Any names? I know a few people are saying about um, Carvalho being in it, maybe Brian Moore, although he's fighting a 135 now. This featherweight tournament, <coughs> you know, for um, Patri- uh, Patricia Pitbull is fighting someone on it there coming up. Uh, Juan Arcalet, I believe it is, which should be a very, very good fight. But what do you think of these Bellator tournaments? You a fan? Yeah, like if it's spaced out enough, it, it should work. But if, it doesn't really excite me. I don't know. Uh, we've seen them before. Like usually it just turns into a disaster. When it doesn't turn into a disaster, it's never more exciting for me anyway. So I, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is that is a fair enough. That is fair. I, I, yeah, there's a bit of that, but uh, 
I, I'll kind of like him in the fact that it, it kind of keeps something going, it keeps stuff going. I know I talk about gimmick MMA all the time with the PFL. I was watching the PFL there the other day as well. And actually, yeah, Kayla Harrison got a good win in that, that PFL. And um, there was a good one as well for John Doomsday Howard. Got a beautiful left hook KO over, um, oh, what's his name? The third, the dude who wins all the fights in PFL. Come on, Graham, help me out. Oh, God, I can't remember his name anyway. But the, the dude that wins all I the fights. I can't fights remember him. Oh, you know, you're not a guy. The third, something the third. Oh, what's his fucking name? I don't know. But anyway, people just roaring at the screen now. But yeah, he got a good win there as well. I liked the PFL the last day, actually. I know I gave out about him, the, the gimmick MMA before. But when there is good fights and good knockouts like that, uh, I think it, it makes the gimmick MMA a little bit better. And, you know, these points for wins and knockouts and you need to finish in in, in a certain time and stuff. It's on a fucking Thursday night and, you know, a Facebook stream. Actually, they put it up on YouTube as well now, which is which is great for the PFL. But it's tough to watch because of when it's on and stuff for us. Uh, but it was fun enough. I, I'll take that away from pretty, pretty good. But anyway, any, anything to say, Graham, before we go? Champions of Europe. Are you still the Champions of Europe, though? The, the um, European Cup has started again. It started over. So technically, you're champions from last year. Stop living in the past. No, it's this year because 2019. Nah, but the, the 2019 slash 2020 Champions League has already started. So you're last, last season's winners. We'll be the reigning champions un- until we uh, until the, the the new champion will be the reigning and defending champion until oh, or you. if we get knocked out you, of the Champions you, League or win it again. It should be like Limerick, the reigning league monster and all Ireland champions. That's all you need to be. That's all. Although Dublin are the same, aren't they? Yeah. So these things happen in there. All right, everybody. Uh, that's it for today. All that's left to do now is give you the inspirational quote for the week. Don't put the key to your happiness in someone else's pocket. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or Monday or Sunday.